Welcome to Fantasy Football BS with your hosts, Bryduck and the Snowman. The podcast that helps all the newbies to the most experienced fantasy football players. This podcast is sponsored by Air Care Heating and Cooling, your number one air care heating and cooling provider in the Bay Area. In this episode, the Bryduck and the Snowman will be discussing the offseason needs for the teams in the AFC West. So sit back and listen to this great content so you're the one hosting that fantasy football trophy at the end of the season. It's Bride Duck and Snowman. They come from San Man. They drop a little knowledge about the fantasy program. It's fantasy football. Division rivals player. Snowman's a Bronco while Bride Duck's a Raider. But that just makes for better bullshitting. Two of the smartest football minds, so listen. A Raider in Fort Worth, a Bronco in the Bay. A mission to the top of the standings to stay. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Fantasy Football BS on the BS Podcast or network here welcome back everyone welcome to season two for everyone that just thought oh shit like i don't need to listen to bright duck and the snowman anymore i get a break fuck you guys we are back we're better than ever right now little break had a had a deal with some sadness uh in in the playoffs this year for for both bright duck and myself but hey we are back we are excited we're here to talk about every fantasy football need you you have as well as starting with the offseason, free agency is always pretty nuts. So I'm definitely glad to, to be able to come in here, talk about offseason needs to, to let people know who are some key players that they should target early on in this offseason for, for fantasy football. Uh, I just cracked open my beer, Bryduck, man. Uh, man, you're, you're going to love this one. It is a Ramble on Rose is, is the beer. It's from High Water Brewing out of Lodi, California. This thing is nuts, man. I I want to buy this thing and drink it at a movie theater because it's it, you have like a fruity taste in the beginning, but then after you just like let it sit for a couple seconds, it's you get like a buttery buttery flavor. It's like you're just had popcorn. It's fucking nuts. Interesting. Yeah, that, sound, that's, that does sound delicious. Yeah, I I walked in there. <laughs> I was like, hey, dude, what do you guys have? Is like gozes and sours uh switch it up getting a little warmer give me something more refreshing and the guy's like hey you want one of the gnarliest sours you'll ever have in your life i was like yes like you're speaking my language yeah like am i retarded like come on and he was like try this one dude never ever had something that tasted like butter afterwards it's pretty nuts even my wife was like geez this is this is good so i bought like 15 of them (laughs) (laughs) so i bought 15 yeah but and then I tried it at home for the first time. So if I didn't like it, I'm still gonna drink it because whatever. It's beer. But it's beer. But Bryduck, man, how how you been, man? It's 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 been a while, been a minute since we've been on here. Doing good, man. Doing good. I've had a lot of caffeine, so I'm ready to go. Uh, season two, kicking it off. Uh, you know, we did have that a little bit of a break. That was you know nice, but now we're coming in hot. We had free agency kickoff uh, last week. Uh, get to talk about a lot of our team's needs and and things that you know our teams have done and what the AFC West has done. Um, really excited though, man. Really excited to see 
what what our teams might be doing here in the draft in about a month from now, literally a month from today. Uh, so it's it's exciting to see uh, you know a lot of these kids going through their pro days right now. Um, you know it's interesting because there's no combine. So yeah. you know talking with our buddy who's a pro scout with the Broncos, um, you know he he said they've really got to rely you know in house on a lot right now and getting out to these pro days and kind of spread pretty thin and with COVID going on still, um, it's making it interesting to travel and to get out to see these kids. Um, so they're having to watch a lot of tape and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting to see kind of how this draft is going to play out because you listen to the, the quote unquote experts, uh, that, that drop their mock drafts, you know, a hundred of them before the actual draft date starts. And it's, it's interesting to see, uh, you know, they're kind of scrambling right now because there's no combine. So there's really not a lot of buzz about the unknown names. Uh, so obviously rounds one through two will be easy for a lot of people to mock. But I think after that, a lot of these teams are going to have to rely really, really heavily on their own internal scouting. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, no, it's actually kind of nuts because if you think about it, like I, in a couple of years when they come out with a list of like the busts, of the 2021 draft like i could see it being more with all these kids that that opted out because of covid it it gave them that opportunity to just kind of sit out unpenalized not risk being injured being healthy but you're also out a full year uh, of football so football conditioning your body's not used to getting beat up so, you know, we saw it last year with when COVID kicked off and they, they removed preseason games. Same thing happens. You know, you come back, you risk injury because your body's just not used to taking that kind of beating. Yeah, um, absolutely. So a absolutely. lot of, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of these kids. There's the 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 cornerback out of Virginia Tech that sat out, uh, Farley, who I... I I'm really intrigued in, but he's already getting back surgery. He sat out a year and he's getting back surgery and they got this kid mocked like top 15. And if if I'm a team, I'm very weary of, of a guy who sat out for a year and is getting surgeries when you didn't even play. Yeah. Kind of, kind of skeptical there. So, um, I mean, you got the linebacker from Penn state, right? He, he sat out yet. um, You got the offensive tackle, right? From Stanford that that sat out and and mel kuyper for a while was saying that he was a, a first round talent and now he's talking about drop been dropped a second third round just because of kind of sitting out and and not really showing who who what you can do in in, in a season but you know what it, it's it's definitely exciting and and also i mean what they have four quarterbacks taken in the first 10 and i i brought up that stat to you last or, or earlier right with with Wentz being traded when Wentz was traded you remember that what that stat was for for quarterbacks wise no what was it so after the the trade of Carson Wentz uh, there will now not be a single quarterback drafted in the first round from 2009 to 2016 that is still with its original team that's so right f- that's right from 09 to 2016 that's O for 22. 22 quarterbacks picked in the first round that are not with their original team. So that's crazy. That, that just shows crazy. everyone, everyone that's been hard on John Elway in the past about, oh, you can't pick a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Like this just kind of shows you that it's really a crapshoot when, when you're picking a quarterback in the first round. And I think, I think a lot of teams just 
especially these these mock draft experts right they get they try to get too cute with the picks and who they're mocking to people and i think it creates a buzz around kids that they can't you know sometimes keep up with being that high of a of a draft selection like you look at this kid from 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 byu right um i don't know man i to me, if, if if I'm an NFL team, I look at the, the opponents that are going against and who the hell did BYU play? I mean, they had a soft schedule because of COVID. They literally played a bunch of nobodies. So now everybody's saying that this kid, Zach Wilson, is going to be the number two overall pick. Don't get me wrong. He he looks like a good talent and everything. But to, to mock him in front of Justin Fields, who played for Ohio State, against the best of the best. I mean, you're talking... He was going up against the best teams out there. Yeah. And they're saying that this kid, Zach Wilson, is going to be better than him? I, I don't know. I just think teams try to get too cute with their picks. So we'll see what goes on in this draft if they if they end up going that route. But with the number two guy and the number three guy also, uh, they always try to... I, I guess create a buzz of oh can, can the number one can they make it up to that number one pick because a lot yeah. of the buzz right now is can Zach Wilson be number one pick over Trevor Lawrence Chris Sims quarterback played for the Buccaneers you know everybody knows who Chris Sims is is saying that he thinks Zach Wilson is better than Trevor Lawrence get the Stupid. fuck out of here Trevor Lawrence has been the number one pick for the 2021 draft since 2018 since he came into college football everybody saw this kid play and said when that kid declares he's going to be the number one overall pick now they're just trying to create buzz and be like oh look you know this guy could he actually go to the jag are you fucking kidding me you're just just trying to get clicks in in seventh grade he was he was the first round pick like yeah like (laughs) come on man let's let's not let's not try to you know get cute with these picks and try to make things a story that they're not uh in my opinion it's trevor lawrence and then it's justin fields and then it's the rest of the class you got this kid trey lance who played for no uh for for uh, north dakota who you know a lot of people are saying you know kind of has that mahomes quality uh a lot of people are also comparing him to steve mcnair which is some big shoes to fill right there but i mean this kid played for north dakota state like and didn't play last year because of covid so he's another guy that it's like we didn't get to see what he did last and his his mechanics i hear are garbage yeah he's just it's just a lot of people are grasping at straws because they need that franchise quarterback and like you said a lot of them you know they they overreach where a lot of these kids are probably second third round talents but you know you start creating some buzz around these kids and it's like now all of a sudden mel kuyper has the first four picks in the nfl draft being mocked all quarterbacks all quarterbacks, all quarterbacks. it's gonna be yeah. four quarterbacks off the board picks one through four like come on man like pick these kids where they should go so that way they have time to develop and you're not throwing them in too early and then they become busts oh absolutely absolutely and that kind of just is gonna lead into to what we're covering just we're gonna go over offseason needs of, of our team we understand that free agency's already happened uh, for that first week and and we'll talk about a little bit about where why we had him there and, and kind of a couple picks that kind of may have taken care of those uh, those needs there but uh, we'll, we'll also talk about draft options right so for the Broncos Raiders we'll obviously talk about uh, our first pick and then just for for charger fans and and KC fans we'll we'll let you know what the latest mock draft is and uh, for for Kuiper of of who 
they have slated for your team, but also on top of that, why we think uh, that that's kind of a good way to go or if it doesn't fill an offseason need. So same old bullshit. We got you no matter what it is. We got great content for you. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely leave it all on the table for you. But in the meantime, let's pause here and listen to uh, what our sound engineer got for us. All right, jumping, jumping right in as always. I mean, fuck, Bryduck, the Chiefs dominated this division for, for years, lost the Super Bowl. I mean, let's break this down. This is our division. We know it the best. Uh, we'll talk about what everyone kind of needed going into the offseason, going into free agency, uh, and then we just what our teams need to do to be able to top KC and what KC kind of needs to be able to, to to go back and actually win instead of choke in the in the Super Bowl. So, um, which I love to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> how how competitive is this division? Is is it just out of control where KC is just obviously gonna win, or or can there be some competitiveness to this division? I'll, I'll tell you what, man. Going into Last year, I would have said that the Raiders were their biggest competitor competition, right? They're they're the biggest competitors, and they they held them to the brink in one game and beat them in another. So the Raiders really did have a a, a good you know uh, a good scheme and game plan against them, but then choked against a bunch of teams that they should have beat. You know, you go and beat the the Chiefs, and then you actually take them to the wire in another game. And but all these other games, you just you weren't the team that you looked like against the Chiefs. So they were very confusing to watch for me last year the Raiders were one of those teams where every game I thought that they should win they would lose and then games where I was like oh we're gonna lose this one we would win and it was just very strange but I'll tell you what I really liked this offseason and and seeing is what Denver has done with their defense Um, Denver has addressed a lot of needs and brought in some some good talent I think that they've re-signed a lot of their own in-house guys kept kept what they needed to keep um, so I can see Denver being uh, really competitive, at least more competitive than they were last year. Um, but this kid Herbert from from the Chargers, man, we talked about him all last season. What a shock that kid was. So really, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that this is a super competitive division. I think the Chiefs are definitely the clear front runner. Obviously, the Chiefs have also gone out and gotten some some more talent this offseason. A lot of people just want to go there to play with Mahomes. Kind of has that same uh, feel like the Buccaneers with everybody taking you know lesser contracts just to go play with Brady. Um, that seems to be the case with with Kansas City. People want to go get a ring, you know, and they think that this is their best opportunity. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the other three teams in this division can do to keep up with the Chiefs. The Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. I I don't think that the Broncos addressed what they needed to address most this offseason, which was the quarterback position. Uh, I, I'm not a believer in Locke. I know we've we've talked to our buddy uh, who who works with the Broncos. He's a pro scout for him. Like we said, he he they are really big on Locke. They they believe very firmly in Locke. Um, what they want to do though is they want to go get somebody to kind of push him. 
So maybe a starting level backup, like a Teddy Bridgewater, you know, you see, you see what the, uh, the Texans went and did with getting uh, Tyrod Taylor over there. You know, some of these teams are starting to do that. They're paying up for quality backups. And it's really a testament to your belief in your program and knowing that if your starting quarterback goes down, you don't want the season to just be lost. So Absolutely. I think what the Broncos need to do is they need to go get themselves a a starting kind of caliber quarterback, you know, somebody like, uh, like I said, like a Teddy Bridgewater, who obviously doesn't look like he's going to be back with the Panthers. Rumors are that they've been trying to trade him all over the place. Um, so it'll be interesting from that aspect with the Raiders. Obviously they've got Derek Carr. They bring back Mariota. Uh, Mariota's a, a quality, a second string backup, uh, chargers with Herbert. You know, this is a really good division. Um, but, but like I said, you know, with the offseason needs, which we're going to address here here momentarily, uh, did the rest of these teams do enough to keep up? So let's kind of dive into that. Absolutely, and and we'll go right into their into their cap space. So starting before, obviously with with the NFL, I know that cap space kind of hurt a lot of teams, not going up as high as as a lot of teams were were hoping it was going to, and it and it actually ended up kind of screwing a, a lot of teams and what they had um but helped out helped out the the broncos and, and vegas and, and the raiders here the the raiders started sixth with the sixth most cap room space with with 33 million uh they're now at three million after after some free agent signings uh denver started uh, at 32 which was eighth uh, they're now at at 30, which is a testament to to Patton coming in and, and being able to to make some moves, retain some players, but not have it affect us on a short cap increase season like it has. Uh, so good for him. Uh, Chargers at 30 million. They're now at 26. And Casey, after cutting Fisher and cutting uh, what's his name, Mitchell Schwartz, right? Uh, after cutting those two players. Uh, they were, which was their starting offensive tackles. Uh, Swartz had the the season injury, but uh, you cut both your starting tackles, and that still left them at negative four million to to start until Mahomes, until guys like Kelsey, they they started kind of taking the pay cuts, restructuring their contracts uh, to to be able to allow them to to get up to to the sixteen point eight million uh, that they're at now, but. Tyreek Tyre Hill, uh, going on a little tangent over here on, on the side here. What an asshole. I mean, <laughs> did you hear what he said when it, when it came about restructuring his contract? No, what'd he say? He's like, no. He's like, they approached me, but he's like, I decided it, it wasn't best for me to to take any less money or restructure my contract at all. <laughs> yeah, it's I like, mean with with the restructuring of contracts, they're not they're not getting paid less, they're just turning exactly. it into a bonus. Yeah. And, and it's more guaranteed money up front. So to me it's like you want to pay me more up front? Like yeah, yeah. give give me the money, you know? Like that's what Absolutely. I would do. So Absolutely. I don't understand why more players don't do this. Um, you know, it helps your team in the short term. You can get more talent surrounding you and you know, you kind of get get really creative with that. Like Brady's contract, I think confused a lot of people. It was a one-year extension, but or it was a four-year extension, but one year. And yeah. what what they did is they just allocated that money out so that they could pay him, you know, less up front and then more over time, so it doesn't hurt their cap space. Um, 
So a lot of these teams had to get, like you said, really creative with their cap space because of the the salary, you know, cap max not going up quite as much as a lot of teams anticipated. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it definitely did. Jumping into the to the needs, uh, I'll kick it off with KC. Then we'll have you come in here, talk about the Chargers and, and we'll leave it up at the end. So offseason needs before KC cut Fisher and Swartz they still needed interior linemen. They had uh, the interior linemen, the offensive guard uh, that that was the first responder, Nurse. Uh, so he opted out this year with, with COVID and was helping the front line, which was super honorable. Uh, and then they had a, a 2020 draft pick, Lucas, uh, who, who opted out as well. And so they're coming back. But again, taking a full year off of football, how good are you going to be? So... Even then, they needed interior lineman depth. Um, now, how it, it was bad. It was bad during the Super Bowl. I mean, Mahomes still being somewhat injured. I mean, he he was getting crushed by Tampa Bay, which obviously is is a great defensive line. But but still, uh, so offensive line still the number one need. Even though they went and got Joe Thorny, uh, who, who's arguably was the best offensive lineman free agent available. Uh, they, they still need O-line help. They absolutely need two guys in the draft uh, or another one from free agency and, and two from the draft, whatever you want to allocate it to. But they need offensive line help. Your number one weapon is Patrick Mahomes. You got to protect him. The Super Bowl was by far evidence that if you don't have offensive line depth, then you can't protect that guy. So... That is by far their number one need. Their second need, uh, I, I had it as as a rusher. Now, uh, uh, Spagnoli, Steve Spagnoli, right? Great defensive coach. But Casey had a blitz 222 times last year from their linebackers and corners, which ranked them 10th in the NFL for blitzes. They had a blitz so much just to get pressure on. And again, closing out games... With that type of offense, a lot of teams are going to try to pass the ball. If you can't provide pressure from just your four interior linemen, then you're in trouble. So they they need some help. Harris is a great uh, defense interior defensive lineman, but they need some edge uh, edge help for them. And then my last one, uh, again, O lineman and, and edge, and and this last one is kind of just more of a a cherry on top. You can you can definitely address this later. Uh, he, he's already gone, but I thought Corey Davis would have been a great fit for for KC, just a big-bodied wide receiver to give him, allow Tyree Kill not to be so doubled up. Uh, and, and if he is, uh, I mean, he struggled in, in the Super Bowl as well, and they really needed someone that was just a big-bodied guy that could kind of sit in that middle like Travis Kelsey to, to open things up. So get, get a wide receiver. Sammy Watkins almost retired uh, before 2020. Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins are both uh, free agents. And again, Tyreek Hill being kind of shut down, you might need to bring in another wide receiver for, for KC. But um, and, and going into into the Chargers, Bryduck, who do you have the Chargers? What was their top three offseason needs? And do they still need to address those needs? Yeah, so their, their top three needs, in my opinion, were offensive line, wide receiver, and an edge rusher. Um, going into free agency, I, I would have thought Joe Tooney would have been a good pick. Brandon Scherf would have been a good pick at tackle. 
Um, but th what they actually ended up doing is they went and addressed the interior of their line. So they went and got three interior linemen. They ended up picking up two new guards and a new center, uh, arguably probably the best center in free agency in, in Corey Lindsley, um, yeah. coming over from the Packers. You know, I think he's going to bring a wealth of knowledge. He's going to be a huge help. Uh, obviously your center is typically your captain of your offense line. Um, so if I you really, if you have to survive in Green Bay's offense with Aaron Rodgers as a center, you're a stud. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's been there for he was there for seven years, you know. So he he's he's a solid solid center. I think that that was a fantastic pickup for the Chargers. So it looks like what they're doing is they're kind of building this thing inside out with their offensive line. They still need to address their offensive tackle position. Uh, Herbert was under a lot of pressure last year. He was having to use his legs, and he can, but he was having to use his legs. I think a little bit more than they probably wanted him to. He was getting a little bit banged up toward the end of the season. And then they also went out and signed Jared Cook at tight end, who is a great receiving threat and, and also a great blocker for tight ends. You know, not a lot of tight ends these days are, are glorified for their blocking abilities, but Jared Cook is kind of still one of those old school tight ends who can stay in and block and, and be productive. Um, still had a lot of yards receiving last year in Jared Cook. So I, I, I anticipate with Herbert uh, and him, you know, really having that chemistry with the tight end position. I still look for, for Jared Cook to be a, a good, a good, tight end this year in free agency. So if you're looking for kind of a sleeper in those later rounds this year, Jared Cook could be a, a quality guy with Herbert, and we've seen what he's been able to do. Um, next up on that list, like I had said, was was the wide receiver position. I really feel like they need to address their wide receiver position. Um, and they didn't do anything. Uh, I, I, I thought some good free agency fits for, for what they you know like to do would have been Chris Godwin or Allen Robinson. Both ended up staying home with their teams. Uh, Allen Robinson getting the tag, uh, Chris Godwin getting the tag. So really, you know, you didn't really get a good crack at that. And we saw with the other wide receivers that not a lot of people were very high on this this free agency wide receiver class like we kind of thought they would be. You had yeah. Galladay, you had Juju Smith-Schuster kind of leading the way as like those key uh, free agents that would have been, you know, probably your best selections there. Um, but there was still some other quality wide receivers that they, you know, could have tried to go after. Um, like a Will Fuller who ends up going over to the Dolphins would have also been a good fit. They need a speedster over there. They've yeah. got a lot of possession wide receivers. They need yeah. some speed out there. They need some guys that can take the top off the defense and kind of make teams be a little bit more uh, cautious with what they're doing. Right now, they're kind of just able to blanket these possession receivers and they're not getting a lot of separation. So I think that was a huge miss for the Chargers not going out and getting a wide receiver. Now, they may th be thinking like, hey, we can go address this in the draft. They might already have some ideas of what they want to do. But to me, it was very strange to... To not see them go and get themselves a a, a quality writer, wide receiver when you had uh, you know some pretty good talent out there, some pretty good talent that you, you know Juju ended up getting paid in my opinion, dog shit for what he was worth. Absolutely. I, I think he's an absolute fool for re-signing, running back to the Steelers with your tail tucked between your legs on a one-year contract. Now you risk injury on a one-year contract, and you know that could jeopardize your career right there. So I, I don't like what Juju and his agent decided to do. I know that they, they had gotten higher offers for multiple other teams, and he decided to come back to the Steelers. It's just a very strange 
situation for Juju there. I don't know what what played out with his with his agent and why it went the way it did. But I mean, you go and look at what Galladay got paid. I mean, to to me, I. I I actually would have rather had Juju over Galladay. Galladay's a stud, don't get me wrong, but he has so many soft tissue injuries and yeah. injury concerns that I'm not going and paying someone $64 million or whatever it was that he got paid, you know, and Juju took like a, a nothing contract and comparatively. So very strange situation there. And then third up for the Chargers, uh, third team need I had was an edge rusher, uh, I think a couple good fits here would have been Vaughn Miller or Jadavion Clowney. Your Broncos end up keeping Vaughn, uh, giving him that 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 option so he can come back at like 18 million, which I think is pretty pretty crazy of the Broncos to do. It's like um, 21 million. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's a that's a big price tag for a guy with injury concerns and off the field issues. But hey, what what do I know? And then uh, Jadavion Clowney, I'm fucking confused. What is going on with Jadavion Clowney? This kid was an absolute stud for the Texans, and then just like totally fell off the map. I know he's kind of a one trick pony, um, but I still think he's a, an elite talent, and he's he's young, and nobody's going after him. I know. I think he had a, a meeting with the Browns recently, so. There's some teams that are looking at him, but to me, like Jadavion Clowney, if I'm if I if I'm in need of an edge rusher, like that's that's who I'm going after. Like this this guy is a athletic freak and he's still he's still got it. I know he's got some injury concerns and so on and so forth, but just very strange that Clowney has just fallen so far off the map. Um, I mean, he did well with Seattle and then all of a sudden like he took his sweet ass time, right? To to sign with, with Tennessee and then all of a sudden I mean, he had an all right year, but I mean, for the Browns, if you pair him up with a Miles Garrett, like, gosh, man, that's a that's a nasty ass edge rush. Now, I don't know what Clowney's asking for. He could just be completely ridiculous with his demands, but yeah, that could be it. You know, yeah, his agent may be still thinking he's like a eighteen to twenty million guy, and hey, you might have to go sign in, you know, a five to eight million dollar contract and on a prove it deal or something. You know, absolutely. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where where Clowney ends up. But th- those are my my three biggest team needs for the Chargers, and then going into you know draft needs. Obviously, it's still the same because. They, they still need an offensive tackle. They still need a wide receiver. They still need an edge rusher. Um, so we're looking at, you know, the experts picks and and kind of what we're thinking. Um, you know, Mel Kuyper has R- Rashawn Slater, the uh, offensive tackle from Northwestern, go into the Chargers there at 13. I think that that would be a phenomenal pick for them. Um, he's, the, in my opinion, the number two offensive tackle that's, that's out there right now. So I can see uh, that being a, a good selection. Whatever route they go, I think it's got to be offensive tackle or wide receiver. If a Waddle falls to them at 13, I think that they'd be licking their chomps and they wouldn't be able to pass up on Waddle. Um, yeah. So I, I could see that being the case as well. Uh, so th- those those are kind of my my opinion on their team needs, some some uh, some rookie fits, and uh, you know where they might go here in the draft in a month from now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's 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 a nice little breakdown there. I got uh Broncos here with with the three needs. Number one need I, I have always said um is corner. They needed to address their corner position. They've always had an old old corner situation and with the release and cut of AJ Bouye, who's suspended anyways to, to start the year. But uh I I thought obviously one that was a good move just to to allow us to have cap space, but 
we we needed corner offseason by far. We had too many rookies coming in and just coming in and being thrown to the wolves and just not succeeding. Uh, linebacker was another one. If you look at Fangio's most successful defenses, he's always had a stud linebacker there that an off an off linebacker that can cover a tight end sit there be tough in the run uh, and just kind of be that leader of, of that defense um, I, I also have a right tackle Juwan James injured his first year with his contract opted out last year we we've seen the guy play two games for the Broncos and he's one of the richest right tackles paid in the NFL right now so get us a right tackle uh, we're we're not going to re-sign that guy next year. He's not worth it. Get a right tackle to come in, even someone that can that can push him. Uh, Elijah Wilkinson did a good job for the Broncos, but he's just he's not a starting caliber offense alignment. He came in and and had to do it. He's a good guy, but uh, and and he's not he got picked up anyways. Uh, edge rusher uh, with with Vaughn Chubb both have had some injury issues. We we still need to to be able to get some pass rush and and safety was another one. But my number one thing for the free agency was for Patton to retain the players. Like you'd already said, retain Simmons signed a great deal with Simmons. We're only paying him 5 million this year. So it wasn't a huge cap hit. Um, Kareem Jackson. I wanted us to bring back. We released him tested free agency was supposed to make 10 million with us this year. He's making 5 million with us. (laughs) Smart move. Smart Smart move. Very smart move. Uh, Shelby Harris. I was Harris. hoping the Raiders would have gone gone after him. Dumbasses. Oh, I know. I know. Shelby Harris, uh, the guy deserved to get paid. Uh, he, he's a stud of our defense. The Raiders passed out on, on him. I think I sent you something saying that the Shelby Harris was, was cut like four three times. times three, three, four times, times by the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, and then Von Miller, of course, I, I, fan favorite wanted him to be brought back it's a huge risk uh we definitely need him huge risk to to pick up that option so so we'll see but being able to retain those four players is what i wanted us to do and address and we did which is nice on top of that we also got uh ronald darby cornerback right from from washington football team uh good good scheme fit for fangio and of course we got we got fuller so now we have Callahan, Fuller, uh, we got Darby, and then we got Simmons, we got Jackson. So we got a secondary that that's looking like the no-fly zone again, which is which is quite nice. I think we have a ton of money invested in our secondary, so they better show up. Yep. So they they've addressed that. Uh, I I still think they need to go get a linebacker. I still think they need a right tackle. Uh, I still would like uh, more interior D linemen. Uh, whether it's a D end or an edge rusher for us to to provide some some pressure and of course the QB situation uh, I'm I'm not so in dire need I if Justin Fields is sitting there at at six or or excuse me seven uh, jump up I, I'd say jump up in the draft trade trade your ninth and maybe your second uh, of next year or or whatever you need to do to, to swoop up a, a Justin Fields because I agree. I think he's the second best quarterback in this draft. And for some dumb reason, everyone has him going fourth. If he's around at six or seven, swoop. Swoop that guy, and then you don't even have to worry about uh, a luck question mark 
uh, for us. So, or you could sit back and uh, stay stay where you are and draft Mac Jones. Uh, we got. I don't know. I, I'm. I don't know if I'm too sold on on a Mac Jones. Uh, I, I I don't know, man. Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle played with with Tua, and they played with Mac Jones, and both of them, both of them, said that they prefer Mac Jones over Tua. That that's pretty nuts that that they had said that too, right? I mean, that is absolutely nuts. So we'll we'll see how it how it pans out. I I'm not opposed, but uh, I I don't know if I want to swoop him at a ninth. I I think we could pick up some some better talent at at nine if we stay at nine or. If or trade back, trade back. So, because yeah. I'm thinking Mac Jones is the perfect fit for the Patriots. He's going to the Patriots. He is yeah. literally Tom Brady's body type, his mechanics, his everything. I mean, to compare someone to to a guy, uh, Brady's that guy. And I mean, what better team for him to go to than the Patriots at 15? So, oh, absolutely, absolutely, be, be pretty wild. So, before we get into our our draft needs over here, uh, jumping ahead of our little selves here, but Bryduck. The Raiders did. Did your Las Vegas Raiders over here address the needs and what needs did they have? Man, so so coming into free agency, I would have told you that we had three needs: linebacker, edge rusher, and free safety. Those would have all been defense. Those would have been yeah, all defense. Those would have been my three team needs. And then, of course, I'm banging my head on the desk because as as you know, free agency is coming up. Uh, all of a sudden, we're letting Gabe Jackson go, our starting guard. We're letting uh, Trent Brand. We're trading Trent Brown to the to the fucking Patriot back to the Patriots where he came from uh, <laughs> for like a fucking nothing pick, uh, you know. And then we get go and get rid of my favorite offensive lineman, Rodney Hudson, who, in my opinion, is the best center in the league. Um, we go and get rid of him. So now we have three starting <laughs> offensive linemen gone. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? So now offensive line is a huge team need for us. So you got to add that in there. And then, you know, really uh, with the wide receiver position, we we need a wide receiver also. Henry Ruggs just, you know, I really wanted Jerry Judy. We went and got Henry Ruggs. Yeah, he could take the top off the defense. He's a speedster. Hopefully his sophomore season, he's able to kind of progress into something a little bit more. He had some injury concerns. I mean, that first game last year, we saw flashes. I was like, man, this kid's going to be sick. And then he got injured that first game, and then he just never was quite the same for the rest of the season. Um, So I'm hoping that with, you know, the offseason, he can get healthy again and hopefully be what we thought he was going to be. But really wide receiver then we go you know i really wanted us to go and get alan robinson that was my number one target and he gets tagged so he's off the board next up i'm like okay i'm hearing this juju smith schuster talk maybe we'll go get juju we don't end up going after juju at all those talks completely die out as we know as we said earlier juju ends up going back to the steelers so then we sign fucking john brown um <laughs> don't get me wrong i think john brown's a a, a decent talent and everything we signed him to a one year kind of prove it deal uh talking with our buddy from from the broncos i was kind of talking to him he was like man you guys really should have brought Aguilar back uh i know that they are ecstatic the broncos that that is ecstatic that they don't have to face Aguilar anymore because you guys could not fucking cover the guy last year um, i mean it's not like you guys were gonna pay him what he got paid by the cats no. anyways jesus the, <laughs> it, it got it got rated the worst free agency pickup <laughs> of 
any team. The Patriots way overpaid for Aguilar. <laughs> now, if he can be sick, I mean, they might have got that. Might even end up being like a bargain deal, right? Because it's like twelve million a season compared to some of these guys who get crazy money. Um, but not when you have Cam Newton throwing them the ball. I mean, Cam Newton's just not the guy. So I think Cam Newton ends up being the backup. I think they end up drafting Mac Jones. Maybe Cam starts for a couple games and then in come, you know, Mac Jones or whoever, whatever quarterback ends up falling to him at 15. Or shit, with as aggressive as they were in free agency, you might even see the Patriots trade up for the first time. Never uh, seen which you, which you uh, never aggressive. see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he is, he, I mean, Brady winning that Super Bowl lit a fire under his ass. He's pissed. So. Those are those are the team needs. I, I really wanted us at linebacker to go and get like a Bud Dupree or a Shaq Barrett. Bud Dupree gets way fucking overpaid coming off an injury. Uh, so that was out, out of the question. Shaq Barrett stays with the Bucks. Uh, but edge rusher was one of those things that I was like, we got to go get ourselves an edge rusher. And we fucking did it. We went and got Yannick Ngakwe, who I think is is sick. I love Ngakwe. Uh, I said it last year when they were, you know, uh, when he was going to get traded. I was like, man, the Raiders need to go after this kid. He gets the one-year deal, and then we end up getting him this year in free agency for a pretty good deal, too. Um, we're not overpaying by any means, so I think it's a good contract for us. Uh, offensive line position, uh, we end up bringing back uh, Incognito Richie, so I, I think that was a good sign back. Uh, we bring back Denzel Good, uh, so he's going to fill that Gabe Jackson guard spot. So going into the draft, uh, you know, we'll go over who we think are our best rookie fits here coming up shortly, but but uh, I definitely think that we're still going to need a tackle. Um, Colton Miller's a stud. He's going to get paid pretty soon. So mm-hmm. we're, we're set there at the left tackle position, but we need ourselves a right tackle. And then I, I think we're, we're, we're sitting pretty solid. We went and signed, uh, 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 the, the center from the Texans, his name's slipping my mind right now, but we ended up signing him who I think was a good signing, but you know, talking again with our buddy, he's like, ah, oh, he's kind of flat footed and not really an elite talent. You guys kind of overpaid for him. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like not very high on him anymore as I was when we signed him. But he started like 62 games for him. So, hey, you know, we'll, we'll see. He's definitely not going to be Rodney Hudson. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, and then our other biggest team need was free safety. We have got to go get ourselves a free safety. Uh, I really wanted Harris from the Vikings. It just never ha- happened. You know what I would love to see? And I said it about two guys. I said I would love to see the Raiders go get Patrick Peterson and convert him to free safety like we did with Charles Wood- Woodson. Yeah. Or... Go and pick up Sherm and convert him to free safety. Richard yeah. Sherman, I think, is is the type of talent that would actually benefit from that type of move. He's a ball hawk. He he's not super elite speed anymore. Um, I think Sherman. Yeah, I, I think he'd be a great fit at free safety. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe we can make that happen kind of a wild thought you know turning a cornerback into a free safety but hey we did it with woodson and it worked yeah out. i was gonna say you did it when when some when a corner gets up in age but has that ball hawking skills uh that that's kind of what you need out of a secondary player anyway you need that center fielder man we need that free safety we He's really smart. need Just that free put him safety. put him in there i i think that's probably going to be the logical move for wherever he ends up is as he's getting older you gotta move him to safety Got to move yeah. him to safety. Let him extend his career. 
playing safety, but corner, he's just going to start getting eaten alive yeah, by he's just gonna, young talent. He's just going to turn into a washed-up cornerback if he stays at corner. Yeah. So I, I hope that he sees the, the bigger picture and maybe the Raiders can, can be that team to go and talk him into it. Um, but those are my, you know, obviously I have, we have a lot more than three team needs. We have lots of team needs. Uh, but you know, I think we did a decent job in free agency. Uh, we addressed some positions, but I think going into the draft, we're still going to need to get ourselves a linebacker an offensive tackle and a free safety. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good call. Good breakdown. And let's uh, take a little pause here and listen to our sponsors. If you're looking to add to your sports memorabilia collection, do yourselves a favor and check out the best in the business, Baybreakers. They'll give you a chance to win full-size football helmets signed by some of your favorite players. I've already added some fire helmets to my collection, and you can too. Just follow Baybreakers on Facebook and get in the game. All right, jumping jumping into the draft here. Now, we love the draft. We always talk the draft. Uh, even before we started this podcast, we were always talking uh, players that we wanted to do, talking about Mel Kiper's stupid hair and, and just his stupid picks. But uh, we're I'm I'm very interested to kind of dive into this. Uh, like we had said before, uh, the the order for our division: Denver going ninth, uh, Chargers going thirteenth, Raiders going seventeenth, and then KC going thirty first. Uh, the Chargers. You're, you're saying uh, Rashawn Slater, uh, Northwestern offensive lineman. Uh, that's actually who, if the Broncos were to trade down, I wouldn't mind. It's an offensive lineman that's – it's a tackle that's played all five positions. He's played yeah. all five positions at Northwestern and has succeeded at all of them. So uh, he, he's played tackle in 2020, uh, 2019 as well. So it, it's something that uh, he's a great player. So if the Chargers end up swooping him – then then that's actually a, a person that I hope they don't swoop because that's just going to be someone that we're going to have to compete against for, for a long time. So, um, But g- how difficult we, – we talked a little bit about how difficult this, this combine uh, situation was, was going to be since there is no combine. The pro day, I mean, uh, we – our needs for, for Denver, right, linebacker, we, we need a – offensive lineman depth at least and, and possibly a quarterback now before we jump in who what position we just talked about p- position needs but what position bright do you want to see the, the raiders tackle what what are your top three that that you think they need to tackle top three uh definitely linebacker we need to go get ourselves a linebacker um i think that that's a big team need i think our number one need is going to be that offensive tackle i really think that it's nice to go and get those flashy players that are athletic freaks. It really is that Al Davis in me uh, that, you know, you see some of these guys that are running like four, three, nine forties at 260 pounds. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, go draft that guy. Yeah. Uh, but I know they're not flashy picks, but we, we need ourselves a tackle. We went and picked up Colton Miller a couple years ago when there was some other guys that I really wanted. Our buddy was like, dude, this kid's going to be a future hall of famer. He's sick. Trust me. And he has really panned out. He has been in a, fantastic tackle for us so Colton Miller I've been really stoked about I say we go get ourselves another offensive tackle here in the draft uh, whichever the best uh, right tackle uh, or left tackle even that might even be able to be converted over to the right side that might fall to us um, I'm hoping for a Christian Dershaw, uh left tackle out of Virginia Tech might fall to us uh, I know that 
you know, USC just had their their pro day and Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, who, who, you know, plays tackle for them. Uh, I know that Mayock and Gruden weren't very high on him. He doesn't have he doesn't have your prototypical arm length. He's kind of, you know, undersized. He's probably going to be more of a guard in the NFL. Um, I see him being converted in. So if, if we end up drafting him, you know, maybe we're just not trying to show our cards of how much we really like the guy uh, by saying that uh, as an organization. But I, I'm thinking that we, we end up going that route. The, the other position that we really need is free safety. I could see the kid Richie Grant out of UCF being a good pick for us. He's pretty much the only uh, graded first round free safety coming out. Uh, in my opinion, uh, in Richie Grant, he's a little undersized. He's about 5'11 and a quarter. Um, so, and he, he's got pretty decent speed, you know, in that 4'4, four, 4'5 four, four, range. We'll see what his pro day ends up looking like. But uh, I could see us going any of those three, any of those three positions. But if you're asking me if, if, if we go the flashy route and we go linebacker and a kid like Micah Parsons or Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, Jock fall to us, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of. A lot of mock drafts are having the kid from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owusu, Koromoa falling to us, and that being our selection. I, I wouldn't be mad about it, don't get me wrong, but I really do think, you know, and, and coming from my days of playing ball, I really do think teams are built in the trenches. And when you go and get rid of three starting offensive linemen, you've got a big gap there. You've got some needs and you've got to go address that. Uh, we can't just, you know, not go and pick up somebody to to kind of plug in there. I don't think that any of our backups are going to be solid enough to to kind of step into that starting role. So I'm hoping that we go and, and draft a rookie uh, tackle here in the first round. Yeah, no, there you go, there you go. So that's your that's your first round uh, likings right there for for covering all your needs. Uh, that those are definitely some good ones, and I think we have. We definitely have a couple of people that uh, obviously uh, we feel feel the same thing. Uh, I I think at number nine, I think a Parsons available. You swoop him. I mean, the guy is a free talent. We we need that linebacker position. He just we, seems like a Bronco to me. He, he he's kind of like that Von Miller fucking athletic freak type yeah. linebacker. You guys always have sick linebackers and sick edge rushers. You yeah. guys, you guys and the Steelers always seem to be able to draft linebackers. I don't get it. I wish, and, I wish, I wish the Raiders could do that because we haven't had a good linebacker in fuck forever. So it's it's kind of crazy because if you think about it, right? We we end up getting stuff so late. I mean. We swooped. I mean, obviously Von Miller and, and Bradley Chubb were were top five picks, right? But I mean, Shaq Barrett was a late, late pick. I mean, Shaq Barrett was a a stud for for the Broncos. I was I was pissed when when he ended up leaving. I I thought he would have been just a great um, great addition for us to keep, but unfortunately, obviously, it just uh, he, he ended up needing too much too much money and. Of course, he was a stud. So I mean, there's there's no reason why he he doesn't de- deserve that. Uh, but he went undrafted, right? So I mean, uh, talk about a, a an edge rusher that was someone that went undrafted. So just good selection there. I think uh, Parsons would just be a great fit for us. It would ultimately just take care of our our defensive needs right there, right? We addressed our secondary which was our largest issue. Now, if we can bring in there, we have Alexander, who's who's done a 
good job and and um uh i can't even pronounce the, the other guy's name not like i can pronounce shit anyways but uh <laughs> half the people here are like <laughs> what's he talking about over here but uh uh jewel um uh he he he's just a, a slow slow linebacker that just can't cover he's strong for the run but we need someone that's a three down linebacker and and parsons adds that potential and that versatility that Fangio loves anyways, right? If we can if we can line them up to blitz, if we can have them be a, uh, a cover linebacker, just kind of that uh, David from Tampa Bay, that's who I wanted in free agency. If we didn't resign, I saw the way he covered and was able to, to handle uh, Kelsey in that first half until they, they switched it up. But we need someone that can cover the Kelseys. We need someone that can cover the Darren Wallers. Uh, we, we need those. Now, we don't have to worry about Hunter Henry anymore, but... We need Got Jared Cook now. Jared Cook, but he's old. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we just put a linebacker on a wheelchair and he'll be able to catch up to Jared Cook. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, he's sneaky speed, sneaky he, speed. He is, he is. But we need someone like Kelsey and, and Darren Waller who's going to be in our division for a long time. We need, we need a linebacker to be able to stack up against. And someone with Parsons' athletic ability is someone that can that can do that for us for years now that's who i want us to pick if he's still available now again if justin fields is still available uh <laughs> kind of changes a little bit it kind of changes a little bit right because why are you going to pass up on a justin fields if he sits there uh i i ultimately thought before free agency i thought they were going to address corner and, and go with like a caleb uh farley but i he's a long-rangey cornerback uh, that fits right into Fangio's scheme, but uh, I honestly uh, didn't think with him sitting out. I'm always weary about top ten corner pickups. Uh, I I don't know what it is. I'm always very scared to to pull the trigger on a top ten corner talent. Maybe it's just history has shown that a lot of these DBs haven't haven't been able to live up to a top ten uh, talent type of pick. But uh, what other needs? Uh, I, I think obviously we could trade down. There's a lot of teams. There's New England. Uh, there's New England wants to to swoop up a Mac Jones, and if there's a huge run on QBs, you, you could definitely see a New England wanting to jump up and and swoop a guy like Mac Jones. So I I think because of our free agency, we've set us up in a position that we can now trade down if we want to, uh, pick up more picks, stockpile. But ultimately, I want a Parsons. Uh, otherwise it, it's Parsons or Justin Fields for me at, at number nine. Uh, if neither one of them are available, trade down. Uh, that That's something that we can obviously address later on. Uh, right tackle, edge, all that stuff's later on anyways. Uh, let's just kind of pick the best talent and whoever's number one on our draft board, whether it's Fields or, or Parsons and, and they're not available, yeah. just just drop out and, and a, co- a couple quick hits for for the broncos there at number nine if you guys stay at nine and don't trade back you guys likely will have the first crack at a defensive player coming off the board absolutely all, all mock drafts so far have shown pick picks one through eight as offensive players yeah so you really will have your your pick of the litter whoever you want on defense will be there at nine because yeah. if the the draft goes likely the way it's going to go, those first eight teams need have more offensive holes than they do defensive holes. Now, when a kid goes and shows out like Micah Parsons did at his Penn State Pro Day, I mean, 
a lot of teams might change their minds now, right? You, you got a guy who weighs 250, 260 pounds running a 439. It changes a lot of minds. Um, so that that's something that, you know, I think is, is an opportunity. Another opportunity here, and call me crazy, is uh, Devontae Smith. If he falls to nine at you guys to pair him with Jerry Judy, who Jerry Judy said is the best wide receiver he's ever played with in his life. Yeah. And Jerry Judy being a kid who a lot of people regarded last year as being the most solid wide receiver coming out in a decade. Um, to have both of those kids as your wide receivers, I mean, that's I mean, that'd be that, dirty. That'd no, be that, dirty. That is Al Davis speaking right there. Uh, yeah, but hey, that's what the <laughs> league is turning into. You look at what the Chiefs are doing in a lot. It's a copycat league. Everybody wants to be the Chiefs. Yeah. Everybody wants those speedsters now. And Al Davis might have been before his time because literally the Chiefs have turned into what Al Davis was trying to build. You know, yeah. a track team, but actually a good track team that can actually catch the ball, not Darius Hayward Bay types that can't catch a fucking <laughs> anything. Um, but, you know, that's what the league is. It's a copycat league. And I could I could certainly see Waddle or Smith at, there at nine and the Broncos saying, hell, let's go give Locke some more fucking talent around him. If, the if, crazy we, thing is- if we're, we as an organization really believe in Locke, let's go put some pieces around this kid to see if he's really the guy. Because then, then there's no the question. Talent. I think he has the talent. I mean, Sutton got hurt, right? So obviously that was a big thing. Tim Patrick is no shalom. Obviously we've shown that you put pair him with Sutton and Jerry Judy with, with a Noah Fant. And yeah, I'm, then, I'm not saying a wide receiver is like your guys' biggest need, but I mean, having Devontae Smith talent over uh, a, a Sutton, I mean, Sutton's sick, but over Tim Patrick, I mean, come on. You could throw you could throw Smith in at the, the slot for a couple of years, let those other guys be your, your perimeter guys, and yeah. let them just feast and just destroy nickel cornerbacks all day long. You know, I mean, that's what I would do. So you're turning me into an Alvin Davis type and get me all excited <laughs> over here. <laughs> Screw what I just said. Let's go after Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, I like what you're saying. I think Micah Parsons is the guy. I think he's a great fit. Um, for what you guys need. I love the idea of if Justin Fields falls to you guys. I, I don't think he will. I think he'll go top five. But if he yeah. doesn't, um, I could certainly see that discussion there in the draft room for the Broncos being between a Parsons and a Smith if Smith is still sitting there. Like, hey, you know, a lot of people are saying that this kid, Devontae Smith, is the best wide receiver to ever come out of college football. You know? Yeah. I mean, so, they, they have him going where to... I think the Lions. Miami. No, I think the Lions. The, I think the Lions are, are what where I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts, and and that makes a, a lot of sense. It might be kind of awkward now that Smith said that he prefers Mac Jones over Tua. <laughs> that might make for an awkward locker room. Um, that, that is true. But that is you, true. But you know, I could see them certainly going after him. Miami, you know, surprised a lot of people last year, and they were very, you know, they were actually a very good team last year. Um, so I think if the Dolphins can go get a little bit more talent around Tua, you know, that that's that's not a bad move for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously the, the Lions would be a, a good pick. Uh, I mean, the Broncos realistically, if they wanted they wanted fields, they need to get they need to give get above Carolina. And Carolina is by far w- would swoop someone like fields. Uh, I, I'm seeing some mocks that show fields going to to the eagles which i don't really understand why they would go get fields 
yeah. if they were so high on Hertz. But. Yeah, and then they get rid of Carson. So, but but I think what we've seen over the course of the last few years, and I think it started with Rosen, is just because you draft a guy number one overall doesn't mean you have to tie your organization to that guy these days because because of the rookie cap uh, salaries, right? Yeah. That, it's not the days of the Jamarcus Russells where a guy gets paid $85 million before he's ever even played a snap. You know, yeah. they, ha- they have caps on these guys based off of where you go in the draft. There is a cap number of the max amount that you can get paid. And the Cardinals, you know, they, they recognized it quick that Rosen just isn't the guy and they cut bait with him. And I, I think a lot of teams are starting to get kind of those cojones to be like, Hey, this dude just isn't, our, uh, isn't for us. Let's just fucking, you know, let's just get rid of him. You know, like why, why keep digging your franchise into a bigger hole with a quarterback that you guys don't truly believe in? Yeah. I mean, so with, Rosen's a jackass anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, with, with Hertz, I know that they were big on him. They drafted him in the second round, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he has to be the guy they drafted him to be a backup. You know, they had Carson Wentz at the time. So they went and drafted him to kind of push Carson Wentz. He ended up getting in there. But I I, I don't think that they're necessarily tied to the idea that Hurts has to be the starter. So I could certainly see Fields going to to the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I, I, what I what do the Eagles need a lot of other positions? Yeah, I would go address a lot of other things before I would go and draft a, a number one, you know, a first round quarterback when you have Hertz. I think Hertz is is solid. He showed he, that he could flash last year. Um, kind of fits what the NFL is doing these days in terms of his abilities and his athleticism. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that would be kind of a, an odd pick for sure. Yeah, no, perfect. I absolutely agree. Now let's go into something. Let's have a little fun here. So let's uh, let's get a bold prediction, right? Let's get a bold prediction for uh what what were we talking thinking about doing where we're gonna end up in the season and where who we swoop in the off season is that it, get a bold prediction for the Raiders and the Broncos of either a draft pick or an off season swoop up pickup be- before the season starts and then what where you see your your team finishing at the end of the year now again let's not be stupid like the foos uh, where where he had Kyle Rudolph at, as a tight end that was gonna have a hundred plus receptions. Way to go, the Foose. That was a good one. Uh, let let's let's make this uh, a, a bold prediction that uh, isn't as crazy as the Foose. Yeah. So m- my bold prediction for my Raiders is a ten and ten and six season and making playoffs. They've extended that playoff bracket. They've added, you know, the, the extra teams that can make playoffs. So that gives them a better chance to get in there as a wild card. Um, I certainly think that that the Raiders have the 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 talent to make it there. They went yeah. eight and, they went eight and eight last year, and there was three four games within that eight and eight that arguably they should have won. Um, that came down to the wire that they lost lost last second. Um, you know, so the the Dolphins being one of those that would have made them nine and seven right there. Should have beat the Patriots. Got shellacked by them, and the Patriots fucking sucked last year. So we should have beat them. That that's ten and six right there. So those are two games right off the bat we should have won. That I think this year we we do win. Um, th- that's kind of my bold bold prediction in terms of where they end up at the end of the season is a ten and six, maybe a wild card spot. Uh, 
pre going into this last week, I had an idea of my boldest prediction for you, which now I just think is such a long shot. And it's this Deshaun Watson shit that's going on. I, I, I was really feeding into that. I was like, man, maybe we do get rid of Derek Carr, send him back to the Texans where David Carr played. You know, that's kind of a weird, you know, type thing, like going full circle. Your brother played there. Now you're going to go play there. Bring Deshaun Watson over. But now Deshaun Watson's become Bill Cosby Jr. And I don't like that idea so i'm gonna get rid of that bold prediction no more watson for us but at least i'll stick with my prediction on our record and making playoffs i, th- I think that is bold too because you know we haven't been there since 2016 and you know i'm hoping that uh that this team that we're we're kind of building out can can make us there so th- those are my bold predictions those are your bold predictions all right all right well my bold prediction right in in the draft uh i I have two bold predictions here. So I, I think for the for offseason needs, draft needs, whatever, I think the the Broncos end up swooping swooping up on Deshaun Watson. Uh, oh, go so you're gonna you're, you're gonna go opposite of what I think. So you want Bill Cosby Jr. So I, I think <laughs> Watson, I think Houston Texans, I think this is a huge smoke show of, of everyone blowing it up out of compartion. I think it's a huge conspiracy that Houston Texans have done and created themselves to to ease that if they're gonna stick with them then might as well be us right so uh we don't got a darren sharp over here we we got a super bowl winning quarterback (laughs) that that could come on to the broncos so uh i i think they end up swooping i think they talk with the texans texans use one of their picks they get a quarterback if a Devontae smith is available we pick up a Devontae smith trade Devontae smith and next year's first round pick to Houston. So that way they get a quarterback and a top 10 uh, or number one, number two wide receiver. So I I think that's the bold prediction is that Broncos end up swooping up on Deshaun Watson uh, with a pick that they draft in the trade or in NFL draft and they trade it. Then my prediction for our record. Now I'm doing a little bit bigger than, than what, uh, (laughs) than what you say with just two more wins. I'm going that the the Broncos go 9-7 and seven and end up a, a wild card team and end up in the playoffs as well. So four more wins with a top five defense uh, with, with the new additions. Fangio finally has a defense that he can work with and that he can dominate with. And with a top five defense and Deshaun Watson, I think we go 9-7, and seven, make it to the playoffs, and we surprised everyone. I like it. I like it. I'll give you another one even better. I think that three teams from the AFC West can make the playoffs. I think the Chargers can make it too. I, I think the Chargers, they, if you look at what they did last year, how many games did they lose at the end of the, at the fucking last seconds of the game? Right. They were way better than their record. They went seven oh, yeah. and nine. They easily could have been 10 and six, 11 and five. Man, they oh, lost yeah. so many heartbreaking games in the last seconds last year. I, I almost felt bad for the Chargers, but fuck the Chargers. But no, I really do think that, you know, that there's this is going to be a competitive division. I think it's going to be exciting to, to see. I know that, you know, 
uh, we're a fantasy show and we, we should be talking more, you know, fantasy relevant, who are the, the players to look for. But, you know, we're in the off season right now. We're getting excited. You know, I, I think uh, that covers most of what we wanted to cover for the AFC West today. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season. I'm looking forward to the draft coming up. Uh, give you guys all a little teaser. Uh, our buddy that that is a pro scout for the Denver Broncos, we're going to try to get on here on an episode before the draft comes up. So keep an eye out for that make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel make sure those notifications are on so you see when those episodes drop because that's going to be an episode you guys are not going to want to miss um getting an inside scoop from a pro scout on what the day-to-day looks like what draft preparation looks like all that type of stuff is going to be really really fun to listen to yeah no i i completely agree and it's something that uh we'll, we'll get to see if he all he does is sit on his ass all day like yeah. Mel Kiper and just watch game film <laughs> living all of our dreams so. living literally living the dream I tell yeah. him every day because I'm like man you are literally living the dream right now like you get to just like immerse yourself in, in football all day long like yeah what a what a life man what a life Absolutely. And, and then you get to be there at the facility. You got the freaking state-of-the-art gym. You get all the good food. I mean, man, just living it up. So it'll be that's awesome what, to get him on an episode for sure. That's what I'm saying, man. Can you imagine living the life? You don't know how many Ramble on Rose by Lodi Brewing over or High Water Brewing <laughs> from Lodi, California. You know how many of those I can drink in a day while watching game film? <laughs> all right. Maybe, maybe you don't hire me as an NFL scout. <laughs> Have a kegerator next to your desk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, people. Come yeah. on. Same old bullshit coming from the snowman. Bryduck, thank you very much. Hit, hit us up with some, some of these closing remarks. Yeah, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, you know, just to say it again, definitely very excited for season two to, to for our for our show to kick off, uh, this being episode one. So make sure you guys are, are subscribed to all of our platforms, social media. You got us on Instagram and, t- and Twitter, at Fantasy Football BS. You can find us on YouTube, at Fantasy Football BS. Just, you know, go, go, go click that subscribe button, follow us, give us a like, you know, show us some love. Uh, season two, we're, we're kicking this off again. So make sure you're over there. Also, any of the major podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you're going to find us at Fantasy Football BS. So make sure you guys go over there. Uh, like we just mentioned, next episode, we're, we're trying to get our buddy on here to, to kind of go over uh, uh, the, the life of a pro scout. I mean, how much more exciting is that going to be to listen to, to kind of get an inside scoop, especially if uh, if you're as, as big of uh, football, you know, just diehards like we are. That type of stuff is awesome to listen to. It really is. Um, so, again, thank you to our sponsors, Air Care Heating and Cooling. Uh, you know, summer's right around the corner, guys. Make sure you guys get out there. Give them a call. Get your guys' uh, HVAC systems, t- you know, taken care of. You don't want to be dying out there in the heat this summer, especially out there in Cali because you guys got those rolling blackouts. Uh, and yep. you can reach them at 408-809-7350 or visit them at www.aircareheatandcool.com. Again, guys, thank you so much. Looking forward to season two. Peace out. Nothing short of fun, I'll rock a beanie when you see me. Running through the weeks like the channel on your TV. I'm a genie. 23 witches if you free me. Serving wraps along with dishes and you're not going to defeat.